Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. Happy New Year's from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that does not mean that you have to drop the ball on your balls. It's time for you to bring sexy back in 2022 and step your game up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ALLSTEALERS for 20% off plus free shipping. It's a new year, new you, and a new you means no pubes. Donnie, we're in Mobile. You got you got the grooming kit. I saw it. I saw you take it out of the suitcase. I got it. You How you it. rocking it? How you loving it? Dude, if anything, I think I have to speak to uh, how impressive the travel bag was. I mean, that was clean, crisp, no problems getting through TSA, no problems with you know any sudden movement of any of my precious liquids coming out of the bag through the, <laughs> through the flight. Um, the, the travel bag was really cool. One thing I do want to try, though, is the uh, not the ball deodorant, not the uh, crop preserver. Um, the spray. The spray. spray. I do need to try the toner spray. I do need to try the toner spray. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I have not tried it yet. I do use the ball deodorant pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Boxers, still loving them. But it's time to ramp up your exercise and grooming routine this year for maximum gains. A six-pack is great New Year's resolution, but how about a six-pack for your balls? The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 contains six essential tools for the ultimate below-the-waist grooming routine. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4,000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. It's also time to freshen up down there in the new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness after you leave the gym, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Start the new year with a fresh set of testes, thanks to Manscaped. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your boys down south to the next level. Manscaped also wants you to go beyond the groin this year with their new refined cologne, which offers a light, yet masculine, pleasing fragrance. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALLSTEALERS at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ALLSTEALERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and just use the code ALLSTEALERS. Have no regrets this year with our friends at Manscaped. Donnie, we're in Mobile. Yes, sir. We're having a great time. Mobile and mobile. Mobile and mobile. Day one in the books. I think the quarterbacks highlighted everything. Yep. I want to get your first thoughts. What did you see from the pack here in uh, Mobile, Alabama? Uh, I, I think I saw not first day jitters, but you know these guys haven't necessarily played a lot of football here in the last month or two. So uh, definitely kind of getting back in the swing of things. I'm sure this is the first time in a while that a lot of these guys have, you know, put on shoulder pads and helmets and actually, you know, gotten down and done the nitty gritty. So uh, I expected a little bit of hesitation. I think the first quarterback group that we saw today uh, for the national team, you know, including 
maybe future Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett didn't exactly look as dynamite and dynamic as a second quarterback group. But, you know, hopefully Wednesday is going to be a new day for those guys. But um, I actually wrote an article for All Sun Devils on how I really felt like none of those guys really separated themselves from the pack, at least on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I agree. I kind of felt like it was very average day of football. Like it wasn't anything that made you stand out. Kenny Pickett, I think, looked the smoothest Overall, he just looked like he had the most natural physical talent, I would say. But overall, it was just very underwhelming. It, you did have some offensive linemen and some defensive linemen that battled it out, especially um, the guy from, from Kentucky right there at the end that everybody could check out on Twitter because Jim Nagy just tossed it right out there. He was just like, this guy got smoked twice, came back, won the third one. NFL scouts are going to yep. love that. Yep. Uh, I'll tell you right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to love that because – you lose two out of three, you're giving Mason Rudolph a third down opportunity. I do want to touch on this. Before we left, we saw Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert spending a little bit of time with Malik Willis out of Liberty. It was definitely something that caught our eye. Then we caught him talking, him as in Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert and Matt Canada, talking to Malik, or Malik Willis's parents. Is that something to look into? Are we looking into it too much? What are you thinking here? I mean, you know, I feel like the Steelers had a lot of representation at practice today. I mean, they had both of their coordinators there, I believe. Was Keith Butler there? Keith Butler's retired, but well, Terrell no, Austin right, was but, not there. Okay. I didn't see anybody from the defense, but I did see like a dozen Steelers scouts in front of uh, front office execs. Well, I, I did see Danny Smith there as well. And then obviously, you saw Danny Smith? Yeah, but chewing gum and everything on the sideline. Yeah. Oh, I got to love that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Gotta so, love that. Um, I, I, he was one of the many coaches there to kind of represent Pittsburgh. Um, what I do feel like, though, is that if, if there's any year, you know, you're going to want to see representation for the Steelers talking to quarterbacks. It's going to be this year. You know, this is the first time in a very long time that the Steelers will be entering an offseason without a, not even a future, a franchise quarterback. So, you know, whether they're meeting with Willis today, maybe Howell tomorrow, uh, Zappi, any of the six quarterbacks here in Mobile, um, you know, they're probably going to meet with all of them. But I do think it is significant that, you know, Tomlin and the rest of the coaches did make it a point to even go talk to Willis's family. Yeah, yeah. Anytime that you're going that extra mile, especially with guys like Kenny Pickett and people here, I think that uh, this is uh, our boy Richie in the background just chilling. Um, <laughs> Am I still in the background? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> even with guys like Kenny Pickett, I'm sure that Mike Tomlin and them have spent extra amount of time scouting him and talking to his mm -hmm. family, talking to his loved ones. Um, Sam Howell, we know that they've spent a lot of time focusing on Sam Howell. But I think at the end of the day, you're here. You know, this is the senior bowl. This is where you want to truly take that first evaluation of these guys. And I think to take that extra time, there's six guys here. There's six yeah. quarterbacks here. Like we said, none of them stood out, including Malik Willis. So to take that time and call him over to the sideline and talk to him afterwards and then go spend some time with the family, I, I just think that that said a lot. And Truthfully, I mean, Malik definitely fits most of their needs at this point. Do you see him as a potential starter? Is he a guy that at 20, could he come in here and be the pick? Is he the best one that could be available? Uh, I could probably tell you that he will be available there at pick 20, you know, barring any wild unforeseen circumstances. Um, I wouldn't like him to start like right away from day one. Uh, I just think there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and I'm really not a fan of throwing a guy like him into the fire immediately. So, I mean, even if they, you know, do decide to roll with Mason Rudolph, if they went Willis round one to even sit him for a year, I mean, that wouldn't necessarily be a bad contingency plan. 
Um, but if if you look at the roster and you think this defense can win right now and you think this team can compete for a Super Bowl right now, you might be a little bit better off either rolling the dice with Mason Rudolph or, you know, kind of taking a shot at a more quote-unquote pro-ready quarterback. So, you know, whether that's moving up for a guy like Kenny Pickett, potentially trying to land Sam Howell there at 20, I don't know where he's going to go. Uh, there's a bunch of different options, but um, you, you really like what you see out of the athleticism from a guy like um, Malik Willis. But I just felt like at least today on uh, Tuesday's practice, there was a lot of inconsistency with his balls because I, I forgot who said it. I believe it was um, Joe Marino from the draft network, I believe, who said that Willis had like the top five best throws of the day but somehow also had the top five worst throws of, of the day, like simultaneously. So there's a lot of the ups and downs. And granted, this is one day of practice, but I do feel like that kind of reflects and represents what we saw on tape from him last year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that all these guys are going to come in here. And just like we said, I think Kenny is the only guy that right now looks like, I, I don't want to say fine-tuned, but maybe full, more fine-tuned than the rest of them. Because I think Sam Howell played just as well as Malik Willis today. But that's just because they both had the same amount of. I think he played better. Yeah, like at yeah. times you thought, right? Like they just that there were more accuracy. There was a lot, and then Desmond Rot or Ritter, excuse me, came in here, and I think he at least showed that he could compete with everybody. He's got probably the same talent as everybody. I think what stood out a lot is the opposite, the negatives. You know what I mean? Carson Strong compared himself to Lamar Jackson, saying he's not Lamar Jackson like three times in his interview, and I think that's that immediately jumped out when you watched him at practice. You just saw, all right, this guy's a pocket passer. The second he's got to move out of the pocket, there's no way he's going to get anything done. And I think that kind of removed him from any conversation that he could be the Steelers quarterback. I think the rest of them kind of put themselves in that position to maybe be. And then there was Bailey Zappi, who I didn't hear of until I got here. Yeah, so um, – I Zappy and Ritter particularly, uh, and even like Strong as well, uh, just with them not playing in like Power Five conferences, um, they really needed to have really, they really needed to have excuse me a strong week just because they were going up against the cream of the crop in terms of the the quarterback class this year. So what better opportunity than to go stride for stride with these guys in Mobile with every you know NFL team sending scouts down you know to practice you know competing with one another and even talking with these guys and you know being interviewed with them afterwards. Um, Zappi really didn't move the needle for me today. Ritter didn't as well. Um, I feel like Strong probably had the best day out of all three of them. But like you said, I mean, he runs like DK Metcalf runs a three-cone drill, which is not a compliment. <laughs> um, so it, it, in terms of his mobility as a passer, I mean, that's obviously concerning. I feel like we said the same things about Anthony Gordon uh, a year or two ago, whenever he was drafted too. So, you know, really like strong arm talent. But if you can't move around in the pocket, especially in today's day and age, you're not going to survive in the NFL. You know, we've seen that time and time again. So strong strong will definitely need to improve on that but i'm just not sure what he can do to exactly you know move the needle on that front and then obviously you look at guys like howell and then uh pickett i feel like if there's any quote-unquote winner from today it's probably sam howell i mean you know kenny pickett didn't have a bad day by any means but i don't feel like he like you know cemented himself as qb1 based off of one day of practice so you know if you're looking for anybody to you know call a winner or to say you know it helped slightly improve your draft stock it's probably sam howell yeah, and I think he, he handled the press afterwards kind of well. He talked a lot about his mobility, but said that he understands that in the NFL, he's probably not going to be able to take on defenders the way that he did in college. He can't break as many tackles. That, that'll that obviously be, be a maturation process. I think it's something 
that you should keep an eye on because the Steelers don't want another Josh Allen. I, I get that Josh Allen's a superstar and going to only become more of a superstar, but it's a dangerous game to have Mason Rudolph as your back backup who everybody has already written off as a terrible NFL quarterback and say, okay, Sam, go in there, do whatever you got to do, take as many hits as you want to take. You're, you're spending a 20th pick on a quarterback. If they spend a 20th pick on a quarterback, you definitely don't want that guy to come in here and just be taking risks all the time. Yeah. And then, you know, it's kind of playing off that point as well. Um, you know, how much do we trust Mason Rudolph? You know, because, you know, even with his recent injury history, I mean, how many times throughout the 2019 season, you know, was he unavailable, you know, due to whether it's a concussion? Um, didn't he like break? Uh, he did something in, in the, the Jets game uh, like later oh, on in the season. Rudolph, he, he broke yeah. his collarbone. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what it was. So uh, I, I don't think durability concerns might be the right way to phrase it. But, you know, definitely the, the recent track record of him playing isn't exactly a glowing example of what, you know, he could provide for the Steelers at the quarterback position, position excuse me, moving towards the future. Um, could Howell come in and, you know, kind of be the guy from day one? Sure. Uh, he's been compared to Baker Mayfield a lot, so I don't think Steelers fans are exactly hyped to hear those comparisons. No, I, I don't either. And, and he kind of handled that well. He's like, oh, it feels good to be compared to those doing it at the highest level, and that's all he left it at. And I was just like, that's a good answer because nobody at all wants to be compared to Baker Mayfield. He kind of looks like him. That was, this was like the first I time I saw him up close. I thought he looked more like Mitch Trubisky a little bit. I don't think Steelers fans want to hear either of those, but Mitch Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, he did. He had some like resemblance. It was like, oh, I've seen this guy before. I've definitely seen this guy before. Uh, before we talk about another quarterback who's now on the trade market and who has made it very open that he's on the trade market. Yeah, there's no way we're getting around that one. Um, do you have any standouts, any last notes that you want to toss out there from day one here in Mobile? No, I really try to focus on the quarterback position um, this week. So uh, nothing too spectacular. Uh, Rashad White, you know, the, the ASU homeboy, um, didn't have a great day, but didn't exactly have a bad day. So, uh, you know, time will tell throughout the practice days on Wednesday and Thursday of whether or not he can kind of rectify that. Um, I don't think the opportunities he got necessarily fit his skill set. Obviously, he's more of a, a passing down running back. Um, well, a lot of his weapon and Arsenal does come with catching the football. So he didn't exactly get a lot of opportunity doing that today. So uh, it, it might be just the, the practice script that, you know, his team has. So we'll see. I, I do want to talk about him more throughout the week because I, I agree. I don't think he had many opportunities, but he did break off a couple of good runs. Is he an option for the Steelers late in the draft? Like, can he compliment a guy like Najee Harris next season? He absolutely can. Um, but whether or not he'll be there later in the draft is kind of like up in the air. Uh, there's rumors of him. If, you know, Senior Bowl week goes well and if the NFL combine goes well, he could probably sneak in on day two. Like, like round, really? th round three looks like a very, very big possibility. And, like, th this is the week for him to really kind of establish himself as a, like, legitimate top five running back in the draft class. No excuses. Wow. I see, like, coming in here, I, I had him as a five to six round draft pick, and I thought that was a perfect place. The it would, even back. if the draft was right now and he fell out of the fourth round, I'd, I'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, just, just based off of the, the running back class and, you know, kind of the the like round two to round three stretch of like runs you see on running backs in recent years, I'd be a little bit surprised if he fell out of the fourth round. I, I do hope that the Steelers pick up a running back at some point. I think it is on their agenda, but guys like Brian Robinson had a great day today. There was a running yep. back from South Carolina that – I did not know who he was. He was number four, who was supposed to be Cook from Georgia's number. Um, I think he replaced him. 
I thought he had a phenomenal day. I, I will learn his name for people. A couple guys that stood out to me, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. That was a guy that Derek told me to keep an eye on coming in here. And the dude is 6'4". He moves 10 times better than Chase Claypool does. He's much quicker than Chase Claypool is. And that's obviously who I compared him to walking in here. I thought, okay, if you're 6'4", the first person I'm going to think of is Claypool. I, I thought he made cuts better. I thought he was more physical. I thought he had an excellent day. I didn't see him drop one pass. Another guy, Bo Melton out of Rutgers. Number 18, the second I saw him, the first person I thought of is Deontay Johnson. And then the second I saw him move, all I kept thinking was, this dude makes cuts like Deontay Johnson. I think both of those guys, I mean, neither of them are expected to be drafted, which is absurd. And if you could find them fifth, sixth, seventh round, I think the Steelers could have some pretty uh, pretty good options there at, at wide receiver. I mean, that's why all these teams come to this, the, the uh, senior bowl and they do their homework, you know, just in case they, they do find one of these guys, you know, slipping through the cracks, they'll be able to go back and reference their time in Mobile, you know, whether it be just, you know, the film they have in the practices or their experience interviewing them and kind of go from there. And let's not forget, too, that these guys, these, these teams are scouting these players not only for their own draft purposes, but to face them later on as well. You know, a lot of people, you know, kind of forget that. The, the scouting process never really goes away just because the player doesn't land on their team. You know, like the, the more you scout them, the more you're able to kind of, you know, see their weaknesses, see their strengths, and then you can apply that, you know, with your game plan should you face that player. Yep. I mean, the Steelers, every single person they've ever signed in free agency or traded for ever in the Mike Tomlin era, the first thing he always says, yeah, you know, we scouted him back in the draft class. We were really high on him. I'm like, dude, this guy's 40 years old. <laughs> you were like 11 when he came into the NFL. What are you Scouting him on black and white TV. Yeah, like yeah. there, there was no, he didn't, he wasn't even there. He was like pulling up tape from like three GMs ago, and he's just like, mm, you know, yeah, you got his combine invite through the Pony Express. Yeah, this is pretty yeah. good. This guy looks pretty all right. I remember his game tape back at the combine in 03. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, bro. I didn't want to do this, but we have to do this. Do we, it, do we have to? We have to. We have to because it's official. All offseason, we've talked about is it official? You know, all speculation. Now it's real. Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers have decided they will find a trade partner. And the bottom line is, are the Pittsburgh Steelers going to pursue him? I don't care if he fits. Are they going to pursue a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo? Should they? No. I mean, will they probably call? Yeah. I mean, why not? It doesn't hurt to call and find out the price of, you know, what the 49ers may be looking for in a, you know, in a Jimmy Garoppolo uh, not a fan of the contract that he is currently under, but you know there is obviously things you can do to kind of work around, rework that deal if needed. I'm just not a fan of the guy. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure he, he's a great guy. He's a great looking guy, first and foremost. <laughs> he um, is a great looking guy. He is. He is. He I, is I feel like I'd sell a lot guy. of jerseys in Pittsburgh, but nonetheless. Do you think he'd sell a lot of jerseys in Pittsburgh? It's a lot of female jerseys in Pittsburgh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I buy a lot of. I mean, I think guy, football players are more good looking than. Hey, hey, say what you want. Um, <laughs> then what's the price? What is the price for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo? Or not, what is the price? If you're the Steelers and you make that phone call mm -hmm. and you say, hey, what are you asking? What's a comfortable price that you're willing to pay for, for a guy like Jimmy G? Uh, I feel like that's where the, the um, I guess, discrepancy would, would come into play because the 49ers are obviously going to hold Jimmy G in very high regards. I mean, two NFC championship appearances in the last three years, I believe. Uh, you know, he's still relatively young. Um, you know, he's still that quote unquote franchise quarterback. They paid him a lot of money. So they do see him and then kind of like the the more higher tiers than a lot of people do. 
Um, they're going to want like probably a first round pick mixed with like another pick and maybe even like a player um, in exchange for Jimmy Garoppolo, just depending on what they want. I, I have no clue what the market would be for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know the trade compensation you would be looking at just because this is such like a, a unique, um, just a unique scenario to where you know, a guy becomes available. Cause this isn't like a, like an Aaron Rodgers to where like this guy's one of the greatest passers of all time. Like undoubtedly, like if he goes on your team, you know, he's going to lead you to at worst, like playoff push year after year, at least yeah. the, the, the remaining years of his deal. Um, but he's also not just like a flyer as well. Like, you know, he has proven at least with the 49ers, the, the track record to be su- somewhat successful whenever he's not turning the ball over every other play. Um, so that's kind of like where my gripe is with him. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know if the 49ers are like, Hey, you need to give us two first round picks. I'm paying up the phone immediately. Or if they, if, if they want like any starter on the defensive side of the ball, I'm still probably hanging up immediately. Are you hanging up for a first round pick? Just one first round pick. It's a $26 million cap hit. Am, am I running this team or am I if kind of the like Steelers? Like, like if you're Mike Tomlin and Kevin, and Kevin Cole, I guess it'd be Kevin Colbert still, which is another question. I mean, screw the first round pick. If, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you know that after the draft, you're switching general managers, are you making a trade for a quarterback right now? Are you even thinking about it? I don't think Kevin Colbert would be the type of guy to kind of like, like pull the trigger on that kind of stuff. Like right before he leaves, uh, like, like he's not going to try to like wipe his hand clean, wipe his hands clean, excuse me, of anything before he departs Pittsburgh. Um, but we've talked about this on the show time and time again. If there is any offseason to do something like that, it's going to be this one. It, it, it has to be, too. It, it has to be. But OK, so my thought is it's just like the rest of it. Like, I, I don't like that Kevin Colbert is waiting until after the draft to retire. I think that's yeah, but that's pointless. That, that's more common than you think, at least in terms of like the general manager, like contracts and stuff. Like, cause things like you have to think right now, um, if you were to retire at the end of the season, you have to remember like the scouting process, that's more than, that's way more than halfway done. True. Like, okay, like they, true. They, they, they're not starting from scratch right after the season, you know, is over. Like it's, it's a constant cycle of evaluating these guys and trying, you know, to find the right pieces to the puzzle. Okay. I, I, I like that. And I agree with that, but when you're making, okay. So maybe, maybe not necessarily retire, but if the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to either hire Brandon Hunt or Omar Khan mm-hmm. from inside, they should be part of this. You know what I mean? Like it, it should be and both, at least Brandon Hunt was at mobile today. I saw him. But I think that they should be making more decisions than Kevin Colbert at this point. I think that they should be, okay, you know, do you want a quarterback in the first round or are you thinking a different different option? Um, do you want to trade for a quarterback or are you thinking another way? I just think that whoever comes in here as general manager, whoever they hire, that's a whole new mindset from what Kevin Colbert was. I understand that they worked under him, so it's going to be a lot of the same tendencies, but it's still a completely different person. And that's something that has to come in. And I just think, to make a trade when you're uncertain about who your G I mean, what if they hire Brandon hunt or, or con and they're like, why would you trade for Jimmy G? Like, that's just a terrible move. Or what if Brandon hunt is like, Jimmy G's the move, but con's like, no, it's not. Does that give somebody an upper hand in the hiring process? I just think that's a lot of question marks. Yeah, it is. But you also have to remember like these guys for the most part are going to be on the same page whenever it comes to those decisions. Like I, I don't feel like aside from probably, Jerry Jones a little bit earlier in his career. Nobody's just like making these like 
rash decisions to trade for a quarterback without talking to anybody, you know, without kind of like getting the green light from all the important decision makers in the room. Now that, that being said, I think you did hit a good point to where, you know, a guy like Omar Khan or like Brandon Hunt, they're not going to be like Kevin Colbert. There are going to be differences. And maybe that difference is between, you know, giving up a, a first or, you know, like, like a mid round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo or hanging tight with Mason Rudolph for another year. And that's where the waters kind of get a little bit murky, right? Because if Colbert is indeed retiring, you know, after the, the 2022 NFL draft, let's say he didn't want to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, but like Omar Khan does. Now, you know, you're, you're kind of in a position to where it might be a little bit late to pull the trigger on that, considering the draft is over. You're starting to go into rookie meeting camp. Training camp is only a couple months away. Then you have the preseason right after that. And then before you know it, the regular season's here. You know, you, you don't you do not want to bring a franchise, quote unquote, franchise quarterback. I'm not going to allude to Jimmy G as that. You don't, want to, you don't want to bring any other quarterback in here to Pittsburgh with very little time to get used to the organization, the city, the team, the offense, whatever you name it. It's like, you, you, if you're going to make this move, you need to do it now. Yeah, you I need agree. to do it now. I definitely agree with that. And, and Carson Wentz trade has been presented to me a first and a third. It would be a comfortable. I would be more comfortable with that than two firsts or first and anything. I think the problem is, is that it's a one-year guarantee. So you just got rid of a major quarterback contract. Now you're going to pick up another one for one year. And then the decision is either draft another quarterback, trade for another quarterback, sign another quarterback, hand it off to Mason Rudolph one more time, or re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo for a major deal. Because it's not like Jimmy G can't go hit free agency and get mega money for a team like the Vikings or the Lions or a number of teams that are going to be looking for a quarterback over the next couple of years, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, you know what I mean? There's teams that are super bowl ready. I'm not saying that the teams, every team that I named is super bowl ready, but there are teams that are super bowl ready that could use a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo who has proven that he can get you pretty freaking close to the super bowl. I just don't think the Steelers are in that position. I mean, he's going to come in here and you're going to say, okay, go win us a super bowl. You're not better than Ben Roethlisberger. Your offensive line is probably going to be a little bit better, but not much. And you just lost pretty much all of your wide receivers outside of Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Actually, all of your wide receivers outside of Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. That just doesn't sound – it just doesn't make sense, you know? It's, it's not a good fit. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is very okay in the current system he's in now, which is a much better place to where the Steelers are currently at. Yeah. So if, if you take Jimmy Garoppolo, who's already kind of like an average at best quarterback, and you throw him into what is a very much so a downgrade and, you know, the Steelers offense and the Steelers entire coaching staff schematics, whatever you want to you know, break it down into, he's not going to get better. He's not going to elevate your team. And the, the conversation kind of shifts to, okay, well, how much worse is Mason Rudolph? And yeah. like, wh where does Jimmy G's price tag kind of like factor into would you rather have a Garoppolo or a Rudolph heading the 2022? That's a, a, such a great point. Is You have to, at one point, factor the money to the Mason Rudolph you do downfall. Look, Minka's going to want a new deal. Deontay yep. Johnson's going to want a new deal. If you're thinking about bringing Juju back, I mean, that, that's going to be anywhere between 13 to $15 million. I mean, th there's a lot of you know moving pieces. Yeah, the, it, where else is Juju going to get his money? It's going to be this year. The salary cap is shooting up. 13 and $15 million might be a little pricey for Juju. I, I would say 8 to 10 and feel comfortable with it. I don't think he gets 13 to 15 anywhere. Anywhere that's going to win. I think he could somehow pull off like a um, 
who was the uh, Galladay contract with the Giants that turned out to be a complete bust. And I think that's what would happen to Juju. And I don't want to see that happen to Juju, but I don't know, 13 to 15 million times. But I do I agree know. with the point. That- Juju's still young. And like I said, the shadow cap is shooting up this year. Teams are going to have ample spending money. And, you know, if it's not a team like Kansas City, who obviously can't afford to pay him that sort of bread, I mean, who can blame Juju for going out and wanting to get the bag while he was still young and able? I mean, you only get so many opportunities to secure that kind of financial security and stability for the immediate future and, you know, probably your kids as well. Yeah, I, no, don't get me wrong. I agree. I, I want Juju to succeed and have good money. And, and yeah. you know, I, I agree with all that. But to go back to your original point, you're right. There needs to be a, a, a price tag that you're willing to make a mark on to say there is no point in doing this because the rest of the team is going to suffer for a quarterback that probably won't come in here and win a Super Bowl. Because if you're if your argument is Mason Rudolph won't win a Super Bowl, then your argument has to also be Jimmy G isn't going to win a Super Bowl with a pretty bad team or whoever you trade for. You can't bring Aaron Rodgers in here and say, okay, Aaron, here's your team. Go win. You don't have a starting safety. You don't have a starting cornerback. Your Monty Adams is your starting nose tackle, and Isaiah Loudermilk is your starting defensive end. Your only two wide receivers are Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Here's Cody White and Anthony Miller to join the group. You know, you're not going to have a team that's built to win. So I, I, I agree. I think that's the perfect way to put it. There needs to be a financial number that you are saying, this is where we're leaving it off because if you hit that number – the rest of the team is going to suffer. Donnie, a couple reminders here before we head out. One, one, make sure everybody goes and watches the video pinned to our YouTube page so that you could be entered to win a signed Deontay Johnson jersey and a signed Dermani Dotson mini helmet. That's up for uh, another couple of days. Saturday, I believe, we take it down, go through the comments, post the winner on Sunday morning, so make sure that you're paying attention to that. Two, please, please, please use our promo code all Steelers for 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped. And everybody, make sure you have a great and wonderful week. We'll be here in Mobile with plenty of updates about the Arizona State Sun Devils for those of you who care and about the Pittsburgh Steelers for all of you who care. Thank you for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers Talk. And we'll see you soon.